0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives.
1: And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, June 13th, 2022. How you doing, Christina
0: Dennis? I'm doing great, Damon Frank. How's your Monday going?
1: You know what? My Monday is doing great, like all Mondays awesome. not. Uh, you know, a little <laughs> slow start today. I'm not gonna lie, a little slow start. Uh, but I was excited about this week in recovery and you know, doing the show with you because I always have fun and learn a lot.
0: It is a wonderful way to start off your week in recovery. Whether you're brand new or you have been around, like uh, let's say some older people that may be on this show. No offense.
1: Older people, but not us. She's not not us. us. <laughs> On the podcast, and you definitely would know it if you're listening on the live stream on YouTube. It's not us that she's referring,
0: of other old not. people. Other <laughs> old people, Christina. I mean long time people, I guess, is really what I mean. Yes, absolutely. Long time
1: recovery people. Love it. So listen, we've got a great show for everybody here. Uh, we're gonna dive into a topic that a lot of people don't discuss in recovery, and that's joy and happiness in sobriety. So we're going to dive into that topic. We're going to discuss the different elements. Christina is going to share some knowledge that she has on that. And we're going to just talk about our own experience with joy and happiness in recovery.
0: Yes. Before we do that, though, I want to tell everybody that we so appreciate you like, share, following us and leaving us comments. Please keep doing so and go and join the community where you can partake in those Recovered Life discussions and get all of the announcements. That's recoveredlife.us, recoveredlife.us. It's completely free. It'll take you less than a minute. Come be part of the family.
1: Absolutely, be part of the family, yes indeed. We have so much fun there and you know our new volley group, uh Christina, is just a blast and we've, you know, switched over uh this month in June we started to switch over full time uh from our old system that we had with communicating to volley and I just love it. I mean, I have to tell you I do the daily drink on there every every day I go on and give a little thought You share about what's going on with you. And but most of all, the community shares what's going on with them. And you hear that you you hear and see that interaction back and forth. and, And that's what makes it all worthwhile.
0: It does. Ask your questions. If you've been thinking something or wanting to know something, probably somebody else has. So come be seen. Let us know you.
1: Absolutely. You know what? Let's dive into this, Christina. Yes. Uh, for those of you listening on to the podcast, you know that we, you know, sometimes we talk about serious issues. We've talked about, you know, celebrities relapsing, or we've talked about, different things that are going on in your recovery that might be an issue for you. And of course, on the Recovered Life discussions, we discuss that as a community. And a lot of times we miss a really important two factors to everybody's recovery. That's really the key to staying sober long term. And that's joy and happiness.
0: Yes. And if you are like me or somewhere around that, you might've had this idea that once you got sober, happiness and joy went out the window. Like it was going to be impossible to have any fun times. And that is just not the truth, but you have to work at joy and happiness. And it's important to know the differences between the words.
1: I think that it's very, very important, Christina. You know, One of the things I'm going to be honest with you that I think in early recovery, people are so traumatized literally Mm -hmm. that they are having to give up, uh, drugs or alcohol or a codependent relationship. And it is their best friend, right? Like that experience is their best friend. And there is a lot of grieving that has to do with that. So when you talk about joy and happiness, when, when people are listening to this and they're saying, listen, man, that like, I just don't see that it's possible. I see other people maybe in a 12 step group or in a, in, in a separate coaching group or therapy that they, they're happy and they seem to be joyous, but I just don't see it's possible For me, like I I totally understand that because I think I was in a place in my life when I first got sober where joy and happiness weren't really at the top of my list. It was more like survival was at the top of
0: my list. Yes. And you're right to mention that there's a lot of loss in the beginning down this road. But, you know, joy and happiness don't happen by accident. And I want to share like the difference between the two, because I didn't really know this till a couple of years ago. Joy is something that we cultivate um, and it comes in short bursts. You know, it is often uh, when we connect with nature with the universe where we have quick moments of true joy something that that makes us feel overwhelmed it's fast acting now happiness is usually a result of effort and it's a result of being able to to get something done or to have certain aspects of your life in order and it's a little bit longer lasting and so one of the things that is important to understand is that even though you may be in a very unhappy time in your life and i will give an example of this you can still have surges of joy you can still cultivate surges of joy and one of the hardest periods for me in sobriety, um, double digit sobriety was when I was uh, dealing with my son's diagnosis. And as a mother watching the challenges, there was not a lot of happiness that no, you know, was around. There were some very serious dark moments of sadness. But I was taught that I could still find joy, I could still have those moments. And I think you're right, we don't talk enough about it. And we don't, put people in the, we don't have the right orientation toward it, that it, it it is not something that just happens. We have to go out and search for it.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, I, I think it's very misunderstood. I mean, I know that survival mechanism that I discussed kicked in and it kicked in with me, but there, there becomes a time in your recovery when you have to let go and you have to realize it's like, all right, I got to go out. I have to be part of a community. I'm going to have to show up. I'm going to have to do the deal. And what happens with me is, is that I, and I like how you define the difference between joy and happiness. I found joy squeezing into my life in areas that I did not think it would come from. And for me, it started out with just hanging out with some people in a 12 step group. right? Right? And I got sober in San Francisco and the weather's always really great. And I was bike riding at the time. And I remember just climbing up to this big, you know, top of this big hill and looking out over the ocean and saying, wow, you know what I'm totally." And I felt this really weird feeling. And that feeling was that I was, I had a little bit of, I had a little bit of joy Mm -hmm. and I was totally okay in the here and now, like nothing needed to change. Whereas previously in my recovery, I'm going to be honest, up until that time, it was very early, first six months, there was very little joy because it was always about what I had to do, what I did wrong, how I had to make up for stuff, what I needed to do next. And my whole being was absorbed with now I realize it's the obsession of self, right? Yes. And for just that brief moment, I'll I'll never forget it. Climbing up to that top of the hill, And everything was okay in the here and now. It lasted for about five minutes. But for me, that was a big, that was enough to realize it's like, this is possible
0: it is completely possible and but we have to stop and exercise that that maturity and spirit spirit where we can connect with something greater than ourselves you know both you and i come from a 12 step background and i am not necessarily a religious person but i remember being taught through the principles that i could connect to something bigger than me and i could get out of myself for long enough to have these moments of uh, you know connection and richness and to realize at that moment i am okay and those were moments of joy
1: yeah you know it's funny, my my mantra in coaching has been and in the recovered life community in June, I started this right around Memorial Day weekend. I posted something that you know, true transformation begins when you're not when you realize you're no longer in charge of everything, <laughs> right? And I, I mean, that's really it. But I would even say that it, like before that, it's when you let go, right? And mm-hmm. I think so many times, and and I understand this by the way because you know, i have people that I that I uh, coach in recovery or I work with in recovery, they're holding on. So tight. And I understand because, you know, the fear that especially once you're sober, that something could happen, that you could lose that is yes. very, very terrifying. And happiness is the unknown.
0: Mm-hmm. So just being able
1: to satiate yourself, especially when you're an alcoholic, we thought joy and happiness was getting drunk. Right. Or in codependency, it was diving into somebody else's problems, right? Yes. Or in dr- it's doing drugs or, or food or gambling or whatever. We thought that joy and happiness was there. But in reality, in recovery, we learned that that was not joy and happiness. That was escape.
0: That was. And also, I mean, you have to take in some of the things that we've had, you know, several shows about the difference between dopamine, which is, you know, all addicts are dopamine junkies, which is what gets us to be able to put in this effort and move forward versus serotonin and oxytocin, endorphins. Those are the here and now. Dopamine is always about the future. And there's the dirty little secret about dopamine. The minute you get what you think, is going to make you happy, dopamine goes away. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Then you're you know I
1: love that the dopamine dirty little secret. It <laughs> should be our new book title, Christina. Right. The dopamine dirty little secret. But it's true. You know, the thing is, is that exhilaration of the dopamine hit isn't necessarily happiness. I, you know, I gotta say, it was so wise of you. And I thought about this because really I thought when you when you said, hey, let's do an episode about joy and happiness, I was like, okay what's the difference between joy and happiness? And I like how you say that happiness is something a little bit more long-term, right? Yes. is The joy is something that you might feel as a joy. Happiness is something kind of different.
0: Well, it is totally different. And sometimes you have to put happiness aside so that you can have moments of joy. It did not make me happy at first to be an alcoholic. What would have made me happy was probably to be able to continue to drink. But it was hurting me so what, when i was willing to be a little unhappy i had these moments where i could have these huge connections and bursts of joy and as a parent we know this what might make us our kids happy isn't what's going to produce huge amounts of joy for them or connection for them sometimes your kids what will make them happy is eating ice cream right that's what's going to make them happy but having the joy of having a healthy body sometimes means we have to put happy, you know, down as a secondary and really reach for those moments of joy.
1: Well, this is where I, I do believe that working with somebody in recovery, especially early on. And as you go through recovery and you hit these different plateaus because One of the things that happens in recovery that I think a lot of people don't understand is when they first get in is it's more of an onion, right? You're not Mm -hmm. adding anything to really at the end of the day, you're subtracting things, right? And so there's always another level, right? So there's always something else that you're going through. It's now more familiar because I believe that these different sheddings, if you will, um, have remnants of what you just went through. So it does have a little bit of, there's a little bit of learned experience in there, but it's yes. always a little scary because we'll do, we'll hit a plateau, and then we'll have to we'll have to move on, right? And I like what you're talking about with the happiness because I think one of the most things that cause the most amount of suffering, Christina, and I and I love your thoughts on this, that in recovery people have an idea of what they think is going to make them happy, and then they achieve it, and then that does not create the happiness. It might create some intermittent joy. Mm -hmm. And then that joy turns to obligation. That obligation turns to misery. (laughs) And then they're back at square one saying it didn't work for me.
0: It didn't work. It didn't work. I remember watching that old TV show, Desperate Housewives. And I'm sure I've said this before, but it really shocked me. One of the characters was telling her, her lawn guy that, uh, that her husband gave her everything she ever wanted. And he said, oh, well, then why aren't you happy? And she said, because I wanted all the wrong things. This is what I do with people in coaching. And I know we do this together. First, you really have to have an idea of what you want. Like, what do you want your life to look like? What are the values in which you really want to live your life? You know, and it's about relationships. It's about being present. It's about being connected with each other. That is our purpose. But we live in a world, whether you're in recovery or not, that uses the measurement of things and allocations, you know, like this is this is the metrics of a successful life. So easy to get caught up in that, especially in early recovery.
1: Huge, huge. You know what, Christina? After this quick break here, I want to dive into what we really want, Mm -hmm. defining what we really want, right? And then how that is linked to joy and happiness. So we'll be back right after this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins if you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery to find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call go to recoveredlife.us that's recoveredlife.us
0: you're listening to the recovered life show
1: Okay, Christina, we're going to dive into this now. We are going to dive into the whole nitty gritty of joy and happiness here. Yes. Knowing what you want. I yes. think that is I think that is so crucial because not knowing what you want, I think, is the first indicator down the wrong path. And so many people in recovery, they think it's the car that's going to make them happy, the person that's going to make them happy, the job, the money, whatever. They achieve that because now they're sober and they're doing their thing, playing full out. And lo and behold, they don't have the joy or the happiness.
0: It's so, so true. I mean, it's 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 obnoxious how i mean our entire world is set up on achievement right and it's set up on success and stature and that can even happen in recovery you know and what we find out once we get those things <clears throat> you know for a lot of clients it's i have to get married and i need to get married and once i'm married i won't have this loneliness and it's so important to, d- to dive deeper into what we think that those things, that achievement, that relationship is supposed to give us, you know, And, and so when you are looking at what you would call your goals or your life plan, I want you to also step back and say, well, what happens when I have those things? Does it make you a different person? Does it make you well known? What is it that you're looking for out of those accomplishments?
1: So so important, you know, and I think defining what you want, and then sitting down with somebody who can help you make a roadmap of that, and to say, okay, how do I get there, right? Because I think there's a couple misconceptions about recovery. A lot of people think, well, they keep hearing higher power, they Mm -hmm. they keep hearing letting go, they keep hearing let it happen, and many people interpret that as in, well, I don't have to do any work. Like it's just going to come <laughs> to me. And then they get, like I say, you know, stuck in the church basement wondering what the heck happened. Like I'm sober, but like I have no life. Right. And right. then there's people that overdo, but won't let go at all to yes. let anything happen. And it's this fine ba- da- balance and dance that you have to do. You know, I found in my own life, Christina, and I don't, you know, I'd like to hear your experience with this. You know, I had a hard time letting go. Like I felt like there's gotta be some sort of action. But what I found is that really sitting down with me, the big, the big aha life-changing moment was when somebody helped me really narrow about specifically what I wanted. For example, I hear a lot of people like you just said the marriage thing. I hear a lot of people say like, what I really want to do is travel. So I'm going to go get a job in the travel world. Well, they get a job in the travel world and they absolutely hate it or they're making no money in it. Right. As an example, but really they didn't want a job in the travel world. They just wanted to travel. That's what gave them joint habit. They could (laughs) have just got a job that made 15, 20 times more. They work way less right to get what they wanted, but they can't that we it's hard to separate the people places and things in order to say well I must want that it's always chasing this next new thing that's going to fix us and yeah. i always say if that's the thing if you if you're saying to yourself if i get that i'm going to be fixed you know
0: you're on the wrong path so on the wrong path. And when somebody says, you know, that comes to me with this desire, I need to be married by the time I'm 35. Of course, you're going to risk marrying the wrong person because the marriage isn't guaranteeing your happiness. No other person can guarantee your happiness. And really what happens in that particular case is that we boil it down to what does the person really want? Well, they want to feel love. They want to feel like they're worthy. And the one person that can make them feel loved and feel worthy 100% of the time is them. And they have to look inward. And it it sucks. No movies are made about that. I mean, nobody romances that, the hard work of recovery and the fact that you have to dig down and you have to have conversations about things that you don't like to have. But it is so important that we do that. And being somebody who's in long term recovery i will take a lot of calls from people who are newer to the deal and they will have this perception that somehow i don't longer have any challenges or i don't have to set boundaries per se or i don't have to you know feel bad on some days and it isn't that that any of that goes away what happens is you gain skills in order to handle it better and faster and you truly, truly figure out how to love yourself. And that's Absolutely. the ultimate goal. The ultimate Absolutely. goal. So that it is. When you yeah, when you meet somebody else, it's not their job to fix you. It's your job.
1: Well, I think too, you know, we talked about at the very beginning of of the show here about how it's essential because it is a big how joy and happiness is essential to your recovery plan because it you will get to a place where you feel bad. We know that mm-hmm. prolonged feeling bad leads to relapse a lot of the times, yes. right? Or it leads to unhappiness, which could even be worse than relapse is unhappiness, right. prolonged unhappiness. Like I will tell you, like, I was so goal oriented for many times in my life, Christina, that I did not have a lot of joy and happiness. I had productivity. I achieved mm-hmm. things and I had I, I'm not gonna say I didn't have any joint happiness. I did, but I will tell you this year, uh for the first year I always had very tangible things. That I wanted to do. They were not what I called squishy, right? It wasn't okay. like I'd like to experience more joy and happiness, right? It was more like I want to get to this place in my life, right? I yes. want to have this type of financial freedom, or I want to be able to acquire these kind of things so I could live this kind of life, right? Right. And I think that's important. Look, let, let's not, like I always say, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'd much rather drive to the store in a nice car. The yes. beater any any day of the week, like I'm not yes. I'm not against. I'm all like, dude, play full out, get it, man, get it, make mm-hmm. it happen. But I will tell you something. This year, I did something totally different. My main recovery goal, Christina, was to experience happiness, was to have fun, yes, to make sure I had fun because so many times, you know, and I'm just gonna like like let's really break it down here. So many I felt like I needed to catch up. I got sober yeah. in my late 20s. A lot of people I like, I gotta make something happen here. And I had almost PTSD that I had to make something happen. Right? right. Like I was a bit traumatized. It was like, no, I ain't going out like this. Right. So when I finally <laughs> regained sobriety and when I thought I can do this, you know, it's a lot of work to stay sober, a lot of work if you really want great sobriety, and then a lot of work to have a really great life, and then a family and all this other stuff that happens, I, I, you know, joy and happiness started to get put on the back burner. And you talk about this a lot about codependency, about putting other people's needs this year, man, it was like, it's really about, and I'm not great at it. I, a lot of times I think I'm failing. I tell you, I think, man, I'm failing in my goal, but I have had some experiences where I just carve out even 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm going to do it today. Just carve out 30 minutes to have fun. And maybe that's just watching a movie for me. You know, maybe that's all it is.
0: Maybe it is. But if you don't do that first, none of the other things are going to matter in the end. And I'll tell you what you said in that what was so powerful is that we must learn that joy and happiness do not happen by accident. You know, they do not happen by, oh, I, you know, did these many things and there there I was. I happened to be happy. They take that takes work and it takes time. And we don't often have these skills. For those of us who are addicted to a substance, we weren't dealing with life very well, right? We weren't dealing with our feelings very well. We were frozen with some of us in our trauma. There were a lot of things that we had to do, but I feel like that, that we can teach our children and our friends and those around us, that really the most important thing that you have in life is to learn how to be happy and to make space for joy in your life. It has to be, I'm so glad to hear that you have it on your list of goals this year to actually cultivate happiness.
1: And it doesn't have to be big things. This is what I want to tell people because I thought, okay, I will experience joy on this trip or this thing or whatever. For me, it's not like that. I, I, you know, I, for me, like I tell you, I'm, I've become like a little bit of a garden nerd. It's one of my, like, it's one of my businesses that I've got, right? Gardening. And I really, really love it. Right. And, um, I just spend time. I send you pictures of my garden. Yes, you do. You know, like, oh my God, look at my tomatoes. Look how they're doing, you know? And like, for me, just taking some time out, trying to put the phone down. Taking some time out, I water my garden, I plant stuff, I do whatever. I just sit out there for a little bit, and it gives me great happiness because it's a different one. It's a different skill set. It could just be as simple for that. It could be going for a walk and just enjoying the fact that you can walk. You know, we talked about Christina. You brought up another really great episode that we had uh, several episodes ago about gratitude. I do believe yes. that gratitude is the gateway to experiencing your own joy and happiness. It is that little superpower. I believe it gets you primed right to, to, to really enjoying your, your life.
0: Well, and in that episode, we talk about gratitude being the mother of all virtues. And when you get sober and you have things that you have to clean up and we have, you know, trauma response, character defects, whatever you want to call them, it's really easy to get into this. I've got to fix this. I've got to fix this. When, you know, we get taught that actually it's a partnership between us and a higher power and that being grateful for small little things is a skill, and it's a science. And they actually call it an intervention um, in this particular paper that we put on the Recovered Life show. And, you know, people outside of recovery are talking about this. So the world is catching up. I'll tell you one thing that one thing that I think is super important to say at this point, is that with many of us going home to work, We don't have some of those built-in boundaries that we used to have around work. And so as an adult, you must treat yourself as you would your child. That means feed yourself, water yourself, put yourself in the sunshine, make sure that you have a nap, that that is as important to your success as doing some of the harder things.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, you guys, if, if you're a part of our volley community, it's no coincidence that when Christina and I... Volley back when people ask questions in the ask an alcoholic area or the random area, or they're re- replying back on daily drink or any of the channels we've got on our uh, volley community. We're outside. Christina's always got the big hat, always glasses. <laughs> I'm outside because you know, we like we've learned to be able to take breaks throughout the day i used to be somebody who would work 18 hours straight or whatever right have a little lunch break but now i've learned it's like you know what my best the i'm the happiest when i can work and then i can take a break and i can just enjoy the fact that i'm outside and that mm. it's a nice day or the sun's beaming down on my face or whatever it is it's the small things and that sounds dorky and i got and I, i'm i'm look I, i'm a realist like i know there's people listening to this and going it! that is just like, what did you, did like, are, yep. are you really in recovery or did you just drop some magic mushrooms here? <laughs> I didn't. I swear to God, like this has been a learned thing for me because I looked back on my life and I realized, Christina, like many of the, many of the years of my life. And when I had, I'm talking double digit sobriety, uh, I had a lot of stuff, but I lacked a lot of happiness
0: and joy, right. right? I
1: could have had way, way more if I would have relaxed a little bit and just understand that, hey, this is unfolding.
0: And this isn't just us. There's, I mean, we have lots and lots of people in the history of our world that have done amazing, great things that took naps every day. Winston Churchill took a nap every day, even in the middle of World War II. So, you know, what that reminds me of is that uh, being able to let go and surrender is essential to me being an effective person. And if I think I'm more important than Winston Churchill during World War II, I may have an ego problem that the whole world can continue if I need to take 10 minutes out, stick my feet in the dirt, and attend to my nervous system and take care of this person so that my channels are open for what I really need to do.
1: You're absolutely right, Christina. Uh, This has been such a great episode. Thank you for bringing this to my attention and, you know, it just, it's a rack focus into mm-hmm. uh, what is important in life. Right. And, you know, right. we get so caught up with the day to day that we don't literally stop and smell the roses, enjoy ourselves. We did, we did not get sober to be miserable. Right. No, we, we, did we got not. sober so we could live a full life. And sometimes that's sorrow and sometimes that's unhappiness, but it should be also filled with a lot of joy and happiness as well. So thank you so much for bringing that up.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. And I wish for everybody to take moments today and the next day and put this in your plan.
1: Please, please do. Guys, I also want to just give a little plug here before we wind down this episode. If you're not joining us on the Recovered Life discussions, you are missing out, you know, four times a week at 9 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Christina and I are on Monday through Thursday on clubhouse and we record these for the podcast. So if you can't make it live, you can definitely listen to it here on the show, but be part of this conversation guys jump in. We're talking about joy and happiness in future episodes and we're also you know, have things planned around this whole topic. So guys, if you want to find out more about how you can be on the Recovered Life discussion, become a member. It's free, it's easy, takes less than a minute. And you can do that at recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Christina Dennis, final thoughts on joy and happiness before we put this episode in the can. Do it
0: on purpose. You're worth it.
1: Absolutely worth it, guys. This is the show for Monday, June 13th, 2022. Have your best Recovered Life, and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.